people being grilled on Capitol Hill today, although it's virtually. People aren't actually in the room, right? Right. Dr. Fauci. Uh, Some are in the room. Like, some of the the Congress people are in a banquet hall around a very sparsely attended, like, uh, banquet table. They they all are practicing distancing. Some of them have scarves wrapped around. Some of them have proper masks on. Some of them look like train robbers, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, But a lot of the witnesses are at home in front of the inevitable bookcase testifying. (laughs) Yes. Trying to look smart. Yep. Hey, speaking of smart, Elon Musk, I love this. Uh, we got a little note from Wayne. Now, this is this is succinct. This is to the point. Wayne writes, Elon can keep his car, but let him spread his attitude. Oh, there you go. I happen to like the car, too. Uh, but back to the testifying. So who is this we're about to hear from? So this is Brett. I, I Apologies if I don't pronounce this right. Girwa. I haven't heard it. I've only seen it written. Uh, he is the assistant he- uh, assistant secretary for health under the Trump administration. Works for uh, HHS, um, and he was uh, he, he explains it here. I'll just let him speak for himself. On March 12th, Secretary Azar requested that I lead the COVID-19 testing efforts within HHS, including oversight and coordination of the FDA and CDC with regard to testing. Since then, the nation has performed more than nine million COVID-19 tests, oh. a number far greater than any other country and double the per capita tests performed to date in South Korea. To reach this point, we implemented a phased approach to meet testing needs during mitigation and now during phase one reopening of America. Beginning March 20th, we pioneered 41 community-based drive-through testing sites in locations prioritized by the CDC. These sites have been a profound success, testing over 167,000 high-risk individuals and demonstrating a prototype that is being duplicated multifold in nearly every state. Next, the administration leveraged trusted retailers, including CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Walmart, Kroger, and Health Mart, who are now providing testing at 240 locations in 33 states, 69% of which are in communities with moderate to high social vulnerability. To meet the need for collection supplies, like swabs and media tubes, We first secured the global supply chain through a military air bridge. We worked directly with manufacturers to increase domestic production. We collaborated with the private sector and the FDA to validate multiple swab and media types that vastly expanded supplies while minimizing the need for PPE. Finally, we used Title III of the Defense Production Act to further invest in domestic manufacturing to prepare us for reopening. It's funny, I haven't heard that on NBC, where Chuck Todd runs roughshod over the truth. Um, that's pretty interesting. I'll be, I'll, 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 I'll follow the, you know, what follow-up questions there are and how this is handled in the media all day long. I heard on CNN while I was getting a little caffeine juice only moments ago that the U.S. isn't even in the top twenty of testing per capita. Well, and some of this stuff is... Uh, the, the, some of those can be skewed by very small countries with, you know, the, right. per capita can be skewed for a country that's as large as us. Yeah, some right. of this is lies, damn lies, and statistics. Some, mm-hmm. of, some of it is just sure. that. What is the one I kept hearing over the weekend um, that, that was driving me crazy about uh, Barack Obama referred to it and then um, in that leaked teleconference thing he did, and a lot of people ran with it over the weekend on how... Um, you know, we've we've been more devastated than any country on earth, and it's all, the idea Trump handled it so poorly. This has been worse for us than any country in a, in the world. Mm. 
well, we're the third biggest country in the world, so the numbers are going to be... the first coolest. So if everybody was equal, we'd have the third most numbers. Mm-hmm. The two countries ahead of us, one lies about all their numbers, and the other one is such a, a third world mess, they don't have any reliable numbers for most of their country. Ah, oh, yeah, China and India. Right, so right. so we're the num- we're the biggest country that can possibly count right their economy, their deaths, their hospitalizations, anything like that. So that is a meaningless thing to say. I, I, and I, I, honestly, I heard that, we've probably inflated our numbers a little bit. Oh, but I heard that fifteen times over the weekend, and as you can see, we've had the most devastating impact of corona of any country in the world because of Trump's. No, it's because we're the third biggest country. That's why we've had more this and more that. Man, the whole seeing everything through the lens of is it good for Trump or bad for Trump is yeah. just tiring my hiney out. I mean, can you just report what's happening, please? I'm all- and then let us all decide who we want to vote for in November. Boy, that yeah. always worked pretty well. And I'm all for uh, a, a, a deep dive whenever it can be done of really knowing why weren't the tests ready sooner? Why didn't we let people create new tests? Why did Stanford come up with one and you said you couldn't use it? All that stuff. And whoever's to blame needs to be blamed and kicked out of government as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, Address the problems of the bureaucracy, 100%. Yeah. But again, it's not it's not posed that way. It's not posed in terms of effectiveness. It's entirely through the lens of good for Trump, bad for Trump, to the point where on NPR, they are going hardcore against the idea that the COVID leaked out of a Chinese lab was not created as a super weapon, according to Alex Jones. I'm talking about the in the Wuhan laboratory where they experiment on bat coronaviruses. Maybe somebody took it home. That's not a crackpot conspiracy theory. And for whatever reason, your liberal media are going hardcore in defense of the Chinese communists purely. Because they perceive that as being worse for Trump. It's just, it's insanity. Well, it's Trump derangement syndrome. So, we got a good guest coming up, so we ought to take a break. But we were talking uh, last hour. Joe was telling us about why uh, we're more afraid now than we used to be. Maybe, yes. Maybe it's why we're, we reacted the way we did. I think that I'm not a, uh, this is a hoax, I'm not mm-hmm. a, this is the government block, any of that stuff. But it's really possible that we look back on this years from now and think, what was going on in our culture that made us all roll over so quickly and just close down our businesses and drive ourselves into a depression? Right. What the hell was going on in our culture that that made that we just so quickly said, "Okay, I'll ruin my life. I'll ruin my 401k. I'll ruin my business. I'll go out of business. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll fire half the workforce in America. Whatever I got to do, just right. as long as I don't get sick." What led to that? Well, there's the doing it, then there's the prolonging it. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, and I said we were. <laughs> I, I said, you know, why are we so afraid now? It's it's not like uh, back when we were less afraid, people were losing eyes and thumbs and stuff like that at mm-hmm. a crazy rate. Some guy said I lost a thumb and sent me a picture of him with his thumb. He got it pinched off in the garbage truck. Why did you send me that picture? No, dude? boy. It's You want to see it? I have a friend who lost a thumb. But this looks like it's fresh. No, no, see, that's the no, I don't want to see it. Of course I don't want to see it. be a picture of like right after it happened. What am I, a 13-year-old I don't boy? Know. I'm no. trying to get it off my screen without looking at it. I can't touch my screen. Here, i got to hit something else. You're going to really regret broadcasting that you can receive pictures on the text line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, just, just let me know. Hit that dump button. <laughs> hit that dump button. <laughs> that's hilarious, Sean. <laughs> oh, my God. Jack can get pictures? We have another politician, not a nut, not a crackpot, a serious, deliberate man 
who's saying, listen, we got to open up businesses. His thoughts, his arguments, he'll present them to you next. Armstrong and Getty. We will get to the woman who's looking for advice about her boyfriend that gets in a fight every time they go to the Waffle House in about 10 minutes or so. Oh, boy. It's a good story. Jim Desmond is a supervisor for the San Diego County uh, Board of Supervisors for District 5. He's a guy with quite an interesting resume. He's served as a mayor and a city council member, a regional transportation committee guy. He's a U.S. Navy veteran, an electrical engineer from San Diego State University, and he thinks... The state of Cal Unicornia needs to set more realistic standards for counties to open up and get people back to work and feeding themselves. Jim Desmond joins us now. Jim, how are you, sir? Hey, Jack and Joe. Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, listen, as a guy in pretty good touch with the business community, I assume you, like us, believe smart people can open up their businesses in smart ways and start feeding themselves again. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's it's become a choice in California of open for businesses or playing it safe. And, and quite frankly, we can do both. I mean, we've already proven it with the essential businesses being open and getting people through grocery stores and the big box stores. And, and our numbers went down. The trends went down. The, you know, the, uh, the curve was flattened while we had essential businesses open. And so we, I want to con- be able to continue those same guidelines that those essential businesses are following and allow the, some of the non-essential businesses that same opportunity so they can start to feed their families and, and give paychecks to people. We got over twenty five percent unemployment in San Diego County. It's it's crazy that we're just you know. And then the governor puts in un, unattainable goals that's going to stagnate us even further. So we were talking about a uh, a restaurant in Colorado earlier that opened up over the weekend uh, for Mother's Day and uh, got a lot of national attention. And there were people were lined up around the block to go eat and everything like that. And people were cheering, and it was a happy story. And then they got hit with a giant fine yesterday. Uh, for disobeying the orders. Had their license yanked, too. Yeah. 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 So what would the current situation be if somebody tried to open in uh, your area right now? Well, right now what we're looking at is in, in uh, well, a couple different counties, uh, Yuba and Sutter County in uh, Northern California, you know, they had they tried to do the same thing to start opening up businesses, and then the governor, I have a copy of his letter he sent to them, uh, the governor's office, said, uh, hey, if you know, we're going to start pulling your ABC licenses, we can start pulling your cosmetology licenses. If you have a search, you know, we will no longer, you know, support you or give you monies for that effort. So basically he's holding the taxpayers' dollars hostages, hostage, along with the license, professional licenses and things like that that the, the state grants. So he's already done that and put that, that threat out to uh, Yuba, uh, Yuba and Sutter counties here in, in California. But what he did was, you know, we, we you know, I don't get too deep into it, but he not only moved the goalposts, he tore them down. He, uh, you know, he said we can't have any COVID-related deaths in San Diego County or any county for, for, uh, for 14 consecutive days before we can move any further. Not a single one. COVID-related deaths. And we have... We've had 175 COVID-related deaths in San Diego County. Six of those were purely COVID deaths. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, San Diego County has a population of over 3 million people. 
So yes. the idea there can't be one COVID-related death for two weeks, that's insane. Weeks yeah, for, for two that's, weeks. That is and one side of the argument utterly pushing over the other one, which is we can't have an economic collapse. That's just shocking. Well, and, and that's unfortunate. I mean, we, we can do both. We can be safe and we can be open. It's ridiculous that we can move thousands of people through grocery stores in a day, but we can't put 50 people through a car dealership in a day or, you know, 100 people, you know, in, in, through a, you know, a furniture store. You know, those places are, are closed and shut down, and they're just laying off, laying off uh, people. And we keep hearing about more every day more and more businesses that are just shuddering, and they're saying, I can't, we can't handle it. We can't, we can't sustain this. Well, so, just a brief thought. It strikes me. We can do both. It's, uh, right. It strikes me that you're saying, listen, listen, we can do it and be safe. But what the governor of Cal Unicornia is demanding is that you do it and be perfectly safe, almost literally perfectly well, safe if you can't have a single death over the course of, of two weeks, when you have tens of thousands of people uh, filing for unemployment just in your district. Well, and we've unfortunately had six pure, solely coronavirus deaths, six out of 3.3 million people. I mean, where, what number are we trying to get to uh, with, with, with those odds? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, we want to be safe, and we, we can do it. But uh, unfortunately, it seems more about control than about, you know, getting the economy going again and, and keeping people safe. We, I, we, I don't know what it's about. I don't know if they're reading the polls and thinking this is a winning issue, or I, I, I don't get it now. I mean, if you started from today, if things weren't closed down, uh, and we weren't talking about opening things up, we were talking about whether we should shut things down. With the number of deaths we've had, you wouldn't shut everything down. You, there's no way you'd win that argument. Well, we've had we've had six deaths. We better shut down everything that exists except for restaurants. Nobody would buy that well, argument. No, but, and we still have to protect, you know, the, our seniors and senior facilities. Of course. Are vulnerable. We absolutely have to protect. So I'm not advocating for reducing any of the health, personal health requirements. Keep them all in place. But let's let our businesses open under those same guidelines. The essential ones in, we phase them in. So in case we get a surge, then we can, you know, we won't be so far out on the limb. But it it just makes common sense to a lot of people is that you know we can do both together. We can do we can be safe and we can be open. Amen to that. And there are a lot of people saying the same thing. But uh, your voice is absolutely welcome, Jim Desmond, supervisor for the San Diego County Board of Supes, District Five. Hey, Jim, it's good to talk. Let's stay in touch. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. You got it. Good job. I don't know if that made sense, what I was trying to say. It's like um, sometimes you do that like with stocks. Like, would you you have the stock today? It doesn't matter if you've had it for years. Would you buy it today? Is it a good idea to have it? Right. Um, What happened in the past doesn't matter. Would it be a good idea to shut down everything today based on the number of deaths? No, I don't think most people would go along with that. Right. Uh, You could counter-argue that part of the reason the number's been so low is that we have been shut down. But even if that is true, we need to push it. We need to push how open we are and see what happens. The idea that we're going to go for perfect safety at any cost is that of the the safety obsessives. And I would say unicornians who don't understand how businesses work, don't understand how economies work, and don't understand that the capacity for government to just pay for everybody's life is limited. The one side has has had ninety eight percent of the discussion. Well, I, I and he said I don't know what's driving if it's power. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's power. I think I generally just assume politicians are looking at polls and they whatever's going to get them 
elected. And, uh, you know, the most recent polls, pretty overwhelmingly, people are in favor of uh, staying locked down rather than opening up. Yeah. Way too, way overreaction, in my opinion. I think that will be the history of this going forward years from now. We way overreacted. And not at, maybe not at the beginning, but certainly after we got into it and right. realized where we were. Yeah, we, were, we had a certain momentum towards safety. And anybody advocating turning it around was accused of being callous toward the deaths of right. our old folks or, or whomever, or the rare 32-year-old mother of three. And trying to get yeah. through everybody's heads that, no, we're not going to go back to the way it was in December. We're going to be wearing masks and washing our hands like crazy and opening doors with our shoulders and not standing very close to anybody and all right. these things that we just do on our own because we're worried about the virus. Yeah. Well, I think there's a difference between a representative representing and leading, and I think we need more leadership. We need more people uh, saying, listen, I know a lot of y'all are scared, but those are the sheeple, honestly, or the vulnerable, and we will do everything we can to protect the vulnerable, but those who think the only question is safety cannot be in charge. They don't have a realistic adult enough point of view to be put in charge of what we do. Okay, it's time gone. for them to step aside. Coming up, change of pace. We got a relationship conundrum for you, couple that's struggling, and we're going to be needing your advice. Mm. Joke and weigh in, Sean. Affairs of the heart. Affairs of the heart, exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Check this out. 7-Eleven has teamed up with Nike to create a pair of 7-Eleven sneakers. And this is cool. All the sneakers are made from the same leather as their hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Senate hearing currently going on. Dr. Fauci and others. This is the first through this whole thing. This is the first time where you got a Rand Paul you got, you know, your big name senators asking questions of these people and nailing down some of the particulars that uh, might run counter to what you've heard. Without Trump lurking over their shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Without Trump lurking over oh, their shoulders. We need to replay that tape. <laughs> we it'll, will. it'll be a little while till Chuck Todd's able to carefully select quotes then edit the crap out of them so they're wildly misleading. Uh, I wanted to play for that your again. evening news. I wanted to play that again today. Yes, uh, please. That's an amazing, amazing thing. But we have to get to this. Uh, would you call it Affairs of the Heart? Yes. This is from a subreddit. This sort of thing, Jack, this hasn't stopped during the pandemic. We're oh. still finding love and losing it. That's true. Uh, this is from a subreddit. I don't know what that is. You said it's people who think they can go on message boards and get good advice. <laughs> yeah, well, Reddit is a is a message board thing. Each individual category is its own subreddit. So there's the relationship and, and, and subreddit. Why you would ask the randos in the middle of the night who are doing nothing else but reading these for advice on your relationship? Uh, I supposedly some people find it soothing or helpful. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're your people. Uh, I know this sounds really weird, but here it is, she says. My boyfriend and I, and they're both in their late 20s, my boyfriend and I have been together for three years. We met and started dating when we were both in graduate school, but I dropped out to go back to college to pursue a different career. We we're both finished now and live together making a fairly nice combined income. There you go. Our income is relevant because we can afford to eat somewhere nice when we're out and about, but he always wants breakfast food. You know, I think I need to set up what's going to happen here so you can enjoy the background better. Okay. Every time they go to the Waffle House to eat, he gets in a fight with the cook. <laughs> okay. 
knowing that, hearing this story about okay. they both went to graduate school, yeah. they make a decent income, yeah. they sound like normal, successful people. As she said, our income is relevant because we can afford to eat somewhere nice when we're out and about, but he always wants breakfast food. When he was a child, his dad couldn't stand eating breakfast-type food in the afternoon or noon or evenings, so his mom would make him waffles slash pancakes, eggs, and bacon in the evening whenever his dad was busy or out of town. It's a wonderful and safe memory for him, and when he goes to his happy place, he says that's where he always goes. How interesting. Okay. My boyfriend is an incredibly nice and caring person. He's emotionally tuned in to everyone and recognizes arising issues a long time before they occur. He loves animals and is kind and gentle with every bug, bird, and pet that he comes across. The the inevitable. He's a wonderful guy before the bug. (laughs) He's he's more than wonderful. He's nice to every bug he comes across. (laughs) Right. He anticipates problems before they occur. This is why I felt it was important to set up where we're headed with this so you can take this in at the time and scratch your head. Okay. This is the guy that gets in a fight with the cook every time he goes to the Waffle House. He won't kill a bug. He almost is, all, almost is always willing to turn the other cheek in social situations where somebody tries to insult him or get aggressive towards him, and usually winds up diffusing the situation and having a productive discussion about whatever the issue was. Freaking Gandhi over here. Except at Waffle House. <laughs> Anytime we're out, he wants to go to the goddamn Waffle House. Her word's not mine. I wow, don't hey, appreciate that yeah, kind of talk. Indeed. Yeah, careful now. This is an issue that already exists that apparently he didn't recognize. How, how many <laughs> How many people uh, are familiar with the Waffle House vibe? I think if they have not experienced it personally, it's enough of a, it's a part of America Americana. They get it. I like me a Waffle House. I do. It is casual dining, folks. If you're not very casual, like shirts are Requested. <laughs> Sobriety Suggested. is occasionally observed. Yeah. Anytime we're out, he wants to go to the same GD Waffle House and get breakfast food. I'm not a big eater, so I usually don't care. I would just drink coffee and read my book while he enjoyed his food. But that became impossible once he and this one cook started chirping at each other every time we went there. Oh, boy. Boyfriend complained about his eggs one time because he likes them a little runny and they were served hard. The cook responded by giving him scrambled eggs. <laughs> when he brought it up again, the cook served him two hard-boiled eggs. I think it was just part of the cook's <laughs> shtick. And it was kind of funny, but my boyfriend wasn't able to laugh it off. <laughs> when we left, he was in kind of a bad mood, but we didn't really talk about it. The next week, we were... <laughs> I like my eggs running. Marx Brothers send them back. Scrambled and then two hard boiled. Just a plate with two <laughs> eggs on it. Wow. <laughs> reminder, sir, you're at a waffle house. I, yeah, I think what the cook is saying, you're eating at a waffle house. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you paying for this meal there, Jocko? The next week we were out getting some shopping done and he wanted to go to the waffle house again. I suggested we try out a different place or at least a different waffle house location. <laughs> but he only wanted the same waffle house. Oh boy. We went in and sat down and once again the same cook served his eggs wrong. My boyfriend sort of snapped at him that he wasn't interested in messing around and just wanted to some correct eggs. The cook then served him a piece of toast with a hole cut out of the middle with a fried egg in it. My boyfriend got really mad and threw the egg toast at the cook. Oh, boy. Which made the cook come around from behind the bar and throw it back at him. Oh, boy. They ended up sort of wrestling slash fighting until my boyfriend was like, this is BS, and walked out. What do you mean? It's BS. Which part? (laughs) Yeah. Nobody got hurt, but a few other people in there were watching and laughing a bit. Uh, I can't tell you how many fights I've seen in Waffle Houses. 
quite a few. People screaming at each other, chucking food and wrestling a bit is not unusual. Oh, no. Uh, this is the crazy part. My boyfriend keeps going back and ordering eggs and getting into fist fights with the same cook. It's almost a ritual at this point. My boyfriend, my boyfriend orders runny eggs. The cook serves him some other version of eggs. And then they fight. And then they beat the S out of each other. I quit going with him after the second fight, but he kept going by himself. They're like Peter and the giant chicken from Family Guy. It's the weirdest thing. They've physically fought like six or seven times over this. Oh, boy. All right. I'm starting to wonder whether she's pulling my ham hock with this. I've tried to talk to him about it a few times, but he keeps saying it's a matter of principle. I've told him to talk to the manager or something like that, but he just waves me off. <laughs> no, I just want to best him in fisticuffs. <laughs> Apparently that cook hasn't yet made him the correct runny eggs, but he it's like he spends one week learning new ways of preparing eggs to piss my boyfriend <laughs> off. The thing is, we're getting married this summer. Oh, He's boy. accepted a job in a new city, and it'll be easy for me to find work after the wedding, so we'll be moving away. From from his sworn enemy, Waffle House guy. He hasn't been out since quarantine started, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the first place he goes and the restaurants open back up for sitting customers. But my main worry is that this strange, vindictive side of him that I've never seen before that leads him to fight the same guy every week. The violence itself is an issue for me. Uh, is an issue for me, but the obsession over it almost bothers me more. Should I, yes. be, should I be worried about this side of him and it will come out later in our marriage? <laughs> How do I get him to open up about this? Is this a type of obsession, a choice, or is it indicative of something deeper? How were most of the answers to this question, Sean? Oh, I didn't. I didn't delve that deeply in. That is a truly unique kind of nuts. Every time I think I have a reasonable grasp of the different kinds of crazy that exist in humanity, they come up with a new one. I don't think that's BS either. The way it's written... It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't have the flavor of it being BS. I just like to cook every week learning, all right, how do I make uh, Eggs Benedict for this guy when he comes back? <laughs> and, and, and Runny Eggs guy, what is his purpose in going back repeatedly to take the abuse it's about the principle he said? And then throw dogs. Well, here's how you punish him don't go anymore. <laughs> That's 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 crazy. Do you think that these guys are actually friends and deep down this is just something they like to do? It's, like it, it's, it's Fight Club. Um, it's Fight Club. All right, I'm I'm trying to take this seriously. Does and again, fighting at a Waffle House is not like oh my god, I can't believe this happened. No. No, Can yeah, we, I wouldn't even look up from my meal. People are rolling around. As over long as they didn't like smash into my table and and yeah. end up fighting on top of it. Um, is uh, I'm gonna call him Ronnie Eggs. Um, does does is Ronnie Eggs acting out because he sees his father's quashing of breakfast oh. in the cook? Oh uh, yeah, it's he's acting out a daddy issue. Maybe that's why so many strippers go to the Waffle House. It's similar daddy issues. <laughs> Somehow it's tied to ham. I don't know. The Waffle House is, I'm looking at some of the responses on Twitter. The Waffle House is his mom. His fiance is about to move with him, with him when they get married, and she's worried he'll go back to his mom down the road. Hmm. And the uh, cook is dad? And then somebody else said, I think he's going to leave the girlfriend for the cook. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's one of those I don't want to admit I'm right. 
Yeah. Anybody else? One day they're uh, they're they're scruffling and, and then, then oh, accidentally kiss. Accidentally. And then, whoopsie. Exactly. Anybody yeah. else stop short at I read my book? Yeah, that one kind of struck me too. You sit in the Waffle House reading while he's eating his eggs. Yeah. Why, why don't you engage him in conversation? Maybe that would temper his rage, his yoke rage. <laughs> like we all know, the Waffle House is a liminal space where the laws of man and God are a mere suggestion. <laughs> Now that's a comment. <laughs> the laws of man and God are a mere suggestion. <laughs> that is funny. God, I love Twitter. Oh, boy. Uh, it's much easier to fight a Waffle House cook into changing than it is to accept your grief that your father was never the dad you needed him to be. Okay. Or how about you just don't worry about it? <laughs> just eat your eggs, man. Here's here's how you deal with your psychological problems. Forget them. <laughs> oh, my God, that's really good stuff. Yeah, that's something. The I awful mean, house. I, mm. I immediately thought this cannot possibly be real, but then I remembered Jacksonville exists. <laughs> what? I guess that's a Florida guy comment. What? Yeah. I resent that on behalf of Jacksonvillians everywhere. Dudes be rocking the Waffle House. My, my, my brother's uh, wife's family. Hmm? God, that's funny. Folks. Where the rules of God and man don't exist. Or merely a suggestion. That wow. is really funny. Wow. Your take, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Or if you're more the texting sort, 415-295-KFTC. God, i got to get me a nemesis. Somebody else enjoyed the writing of the several paragraphs of he's the best boyfriend ever until the GD same Waffle House part. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh, it God is man. Peter and the Giant Chicken from Family Guy. Yeah. It's an obsession. It, it's his uh, his white whale. That's what it is. The cook yeah. is, is the white whale. Moby Dick. Yeah. It is. It's something like that. There, it's it, this. This might be, you know, one of the great stories of all time. It's 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 all of us. It's biblical. It's like a Greek tragedy or something. What's it like to be obsessed with something or something? Somebody like that. Is it interesting? Does it keep? Is it animating? Do you, do you avoid boredom or on? What am I going to do with today? Oh oh oh! Defeat my arch nemesis. Right. right. Best. Yeah, exactly. 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 So is it is it usually somebody that's got a uh, some problem they're compensating for and you got to have some focus? I think so because you can't change dad. You got to punch out the waffle house cook. The human brain, it's amazing when it works correctly. They must be somewhat evenly matched fighting wise. Yes. Or somebody would have said I'm going to quit doing this. Well, nobody's called the cops or anything. They just think, "All right, see you Tuesday." This guy trying to level up? Is he taking like some jujitsu classes every other Tuesday? <laughs> well, evidently anyway. no. They just beat the bejesus out of each other. Somebody pulls them apart, and they say, "All right, see you later." <laughs> Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. We're checking in on the Senate hearing of uh, Dr. Fauci and others, and we'll bring any highlights. Armstrong and Getty. Show. 
we've been following some of the hearing going on right now. You got uh, Dr. Fauci and others that are being questioned really for the first time, certainly publicly, um, challenged by both Republicans and Democrats on some of the things we've been talking about, numbers and this and that. Rand Paul's been active. Rand with a fabulous COVID beard. I think the key to it is that it echoes his hair perfectly. It has the same mix of blondish and grayish and darkish as his head hair. He's got cool hair. Now, Sean's theory is... Uh, He got a little bit humbled after he failed to defend the double-leg takedown of his neighbor over a lawn dispute. And he's trying to toughen up his look a little bit. He doesn't oh. want he doesn't want somebody else thinking that they smell you know weak fish in the water. No, if I, he fails to blow his leaves properly, some other neighbor takes. Yeah, him out. I'm right. saying there's no shame in your game from getting blindsided from behind. You can blindside anybody from behind. I agree. That's but weak. You don't want the neighbors to feel empowered to blindside him. Gotcha. So he's toughening up his look. Yeah. Before we run out of time, uh, Rand was <laughs> a grilling Dr. Fauci, and it's about a minute-long cut yeah, there. Just Okay, yeah, let's hit that. I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will t- bear this out. But if we keep kids out of school for another year, what's going to happen is the poor and underprivileged kids who don't have a parent that's able to teach them at home are not going to learn for a full year. And I think we ought to look at the Swedish model, and we ought to look at letting our kids get back to school. I think it's a huge mistake if we don't open the schools in the fall. Well, uh, first of all, uh, Senator Paul, thank you for your comments. I I have never made myself out to be the end-all and only voice of this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. There are a number of other people who come into that and give advice that are more related to the things that you spoke about about the need to get the country back open again and economically. I don't give advice about economic things. I don't give advice about anything other than public health. Maybe Rand knew what he was doing. Maybe the message was for the media, but... Yes, absolutely, because Fauci said that repeatedly. He's just almost never quoted in any mainstream media outlet you would hear. Him saying, look, my only concern is the spread of the virus. There are other people who know about the economic stuff. I don't think about that. He's been open about that. So it's you're, you're asking the offensive line coach, and he's telling you about the offensive line. Right. You don't know about defense. You're not playing yeah. any defense. Yeah, I, that's right. I don't know anything about defense. Right. I'm the offensive line coach. I have not denied the need for defense. I actually think rather highly of them. I'm not and I sure think you ought to ask them. I'm not sure that you're the person we should be talking to about punting. That's right. Yes. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the guy you should talk to about punting. The professional liars and and just nakedly partisan ratings whores of the media will not give you a a truth as simple as that. Yes, Dr. Fauci is advising enormous levels of caution, even as he, and this is the part they leave out, concedes that, yeah, you ought to talk to the economic people because that's important, too. I I just, I I am, you know, the democratization of communication in this country and internationally, mostly thanks to the Internet, which, Jack, I believe you still maintain is a net negative and oh, should yeah. be unplugged. We're better off without it. Yes. So the the net effect of that, the democratization of voices, which sounds great, just means that the, the utter paste-eating jackasses of the world who shouldn't be in charge of picking their own nose are now weighing in by the millions on policies they can't possibly understand. 
And because CNN, for instance, and other execrable, horrific, stinking piles of media crap spend all their time catering to those people, that's what we get a lot of. It's, it's, it's called mass media. And we're probably suicidal here at the A&G show trying to craft a show for the non-stupid. But most media is crafted to reach the most people. And look, they've done the studies. They've figured out, all right, the masses of people are, are half-wits. Dummy. Sorry, sorry if that sounds cynical and elitist. Dummy. Dummy. <laughs> Dummy. I'm, uh, I'm glad they're having this hearing, though, today. So this is a finally get to, to, to bat it around from different angles. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, Hanson, the whole crew, uh, we want lots of clips of this. Of this. Uh, we'll play them for you tomorrow. We'll edit them in a way that is fair and not designed Chuck Todd-like to wildly mislead you. If you're lucky enough to get the next hour of the show, we'll have some next hour also. Sure. It continues on. Yep. Yep. Oh, hey, I meant to throw this in. I'm glad I remembered at the last second. Hang on a second. It's down here somewhere. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, I hate when I do this. Hang on. Don't you trust me. Trust me. I'll come up with it. I promise I will. Full page ad in the San Diego Union Tribune today. You remember that state legislator, Lorena Gonzalez, who's just a horrible person, told Elon Musk to F Elon Musk when he said he'd open his plant. Well, this ad says Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez championed AB5, destroyed thousands of California jobs. Elon Musk founded revolutionary companies, created thousands of California jobs. Who's really effing California? Good stuff. Full page ad. Wow. Armstrong and Getty.